This is What's the Deal, Grossiel, the podcast that explores the people, places, history, and events that make Grossiel unique. I'm your host, Ben Fote. Now, if you've been a subscriber to the podcast for a while, you know that there are a lot of episodes about history, and that's because there's a lot to talk about that is historical when it comes to this island in the mouth of the Detroit River. Today, we're going to talk about an organization that is devoted to protecting our historical places and artifacts and sharing stories of those who preceded us here. Tony Krakowski, Karn Cozy, and Gary Cadeau are with me to talk about the Grossiel Historical Society and a couple of annual events that are coming up this fall. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Well, let's start. Introduce yourself and, and tell me what your role is with the, the Historical Society and what brings you to uh, be interested in Grossiel's history. Well, my name's Tony Krakowski. I've lived on the island since 1976. Uh, my wife is a long-term, a long-time resident. And uh, once I retired, I wanted to get involved in some extracurricular activities. I had worked for the school district for 17 years. And uh, I looked at the historical society and I love history. And I decided I wanted to be involved with the historical society. So I've been doing that now for about seven years. My name is Karen Cozy. I am currently the president of the historical society and lived on Girls Hill since I was four years old. Moved here in 1968 with my parents and uh, just just love it here. I mean, it's a, a beautiful, peaceful place to live. Uh, and I actually joined the Historical Society because my mom is also on the board. So to spend more time with her and she was so uh, positive of all the great work the Historical Society was doing in the community that I wanted to participate. My name is Gary Cadeau. I'm responsible for maintaining the properties of the Historical Society. Uh, I've been here since 1983, raised a family here. And I just enjoy old steamboats, trains, planes. So what's not to like about the Historical Society? <laughs> sure. Oh, that's great. As far as the basics, what's the purpose of the Historical Society? Well, our, our community has a rich history dating back to 1776. And our museum contains numerous artifacts that have been maintained since the Historical Society was founded in 1959. The purpose of the Historical Society is to enrich community pride by sharing Grosville's heritage and to collect and preserve artifacts that tell the stories of significant events. The Historical Society is responsible for preserving artifacts, creating exhibits, community outreach and education, and maintaining our museums. I mentioned museums because we have responsibility for the Train Depot Museum, which is formerly the train station that supported the Canada Southern Railway, which starting in 1873 carried people and freight between the U.S. and Canada. Uh, second is the Customs House, built in 1871 to house the customs officer responsible for trains traveling between the two countries. The Customs House was designated as a Michigan State Historic Site in 1982. Third is the Grosiel Airport, formerly a U.S. Naval Air Station from 1927 until 1969. The small military base trained pilots of both the United States Air Force and the Royal Air Force. George H.W. Bush was stationed on Grosiel, and Amelia Earhart visited during this time period. The airport is still operational for small planes. And oh, fourth, you, can't, you can't leave out Bob Barker. Oh, and Bob Barker. Thank you for reminding yeah. me. There's so many. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, Bob Barker. Uh, and fourth is the Grosdale Lighthouse. 
built in 1894 and rebuilt in 1906 to the classic white architecture that it is today, the Historical Society is responsible for maintenance of the structure and conducts annual tours to raise funds and share the historic site with the community and other visitors. In 2019, we were the first stop of a nationwide lighthouse tour. Oh, wow. Now, for folks that want to plug into the historic stories of Gross Eel, um, with all these locations, what's the best way to get plugged into the stories? How do you experience those? Well, uh, to learn about the historic stories of the island and surrounding areas, people can, uh, first of all, visit our museum. It's open on Sundays from 1 to 4 p.m. Uh, we're currently refreshing our exhibits so that visitors can walk away with a better understanding of significant events over the past 250 years. Uh, visitors can attend special events like the Lighthouse Tour being conducted on September 11th. Uh, Tony Kurkowski is going to talk a little bit more about that when it's his turn to talk. They can read books about Groziel and the surrounding areas. We have amazing resources for sale at the museum, including a storybook and an activity book for children that contains interesting facts about the history of Groziel. And you can check out our Facebook page where we post stories and photographs weekly or you can look for stories on Opportunity Groziel and Groziel Now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And uh, did the activity book, that won some awards, right? It did. The, actually, the children's book, that was our, our COVID project. And uh, because we were not able to conduct any events during COVID, one of the board members had the suggestion of, mm, it's too bad we don't have a children's book for outreach and to generate revenue while we have all of our events canceled. And so Jeannie Krakowski and I, Jeannie's the, the treasurer and also a lifelong member of Groziel, uh, we collaborated and created a children's book. And it actually won the Historical Society of Michigan State Award for children's books last year. So that was very exciting for us to have that kind of recognition. Yeah, that's fabulous. I, I bought one at Christmas time last year, I believe. Oh, thank so. you for supporting us. Yeah. Of course, there's there's irony in asking this question, but let's talk about the history of the Historical Society. So we're, we're sort of, you know, diving down that, that tunnel there, but how did the Historical Society come to be? Well, uh, back in 1959, uh, a group of people from Groziel uh, decided that they wanted to come up with some way of preserving uh, the history of Groziel. You know, we, as, as you know, we go way back to 1776, and unlike a lot of other places in the United States where the history is, is kind of confined to a certain period of time, Groziel's history is really extended from 1776 to, to the uh, current date. Almost every decade, there was something remarkable happening on Groziel. And so that group, what they did is they sent out a, a, a community-wide request to try to accumulate as many historical items as, as they possibly could. And for a long time, they were just stored in people's attics and basements. And finally, the uh, Historical Society was able to convince the county to, to give us the old uh, railroad depot. And we use that as the, as the structure where we house these uh, historical items. And in recent days, uh, what we've attempted to do is turn that museum into not only just a, a collection of old items, but also to try to tell the stories behind the items. We think it's so important uh, that people understand how certain things were used, how old they were, and how they might be connected to specific people and events that, that happen in the community. 
We've talked about those buildings now. So just to be clear for everyone that, so the depot is the building that looks out over the river at the corner of Grosio Parkway and East River Road, right? That is correct. And then the building that's set back further. Um, the Customs House. The Customs House. That's it. Okay. It's all part of the East River Historic District. Yeah, let's talk about that historic district. I was reading on the Historic Society website about um, the historic districts, and it so that's that's one of them. What does that what all does that include? That's more than just those buildings there, isn't it? Well, the formal East River Historic District was created in 1972. It comprises 11 structures from St. James Church North along East River Road. It includes five Victorian houses built from the 1840s to the 1870s the Custom House, built in 1873, and the 1904 Michigan Central Railroad Depot. The last two buildings uh, represent a time when Grosseal was part of, ma- of a major railroad, the Canada Southern Railway, between Chicago and Buffalo, New York, running through Canada. From 1873 to 1883, trains would cross the Trenton Channel on a railroad bridge located where the current free bridge is. They would continue over Grosseal and cross to Stony Island on a second bridge. But from Stony Island, passenger and freight cars would be loaded onto a ferry boat and transferred to Canada. It might be hard to believe today, but over a thousand railroad cars could be transferred in a single day between Grosseal and Canada on the ferries. Oh, wow. Many of the cars carried cattle from the West and they would stop on uh, Grosseal in load the unload the cattle on t- into very large stockyards where the Grosseal Golf and Country Club currently is today. After being watered and fed, they would continue continue their trip in a few days. An attempt to bore the tunnel under the river to Canada failed because of the condition of the limestone. Otherwise, we would now be a major town on the railroad today. With the completion of the tunnels in Detroit and Port Huron, however, Grosseal lost its Canadian traffic. And the ferries had to shut down. The opening of the toll bridge in 1913 and the increased use of automobiles resulted in the end of passenger trains in 1924 and freight trains in 1928. And I guess finally, what the fate of the railroad depot? Well, that 1904 railroad depot we referred to is really the new railroad depot. It replaced the one originally built in 1873. And after the Michigan Central Railroad abandoned it, the depot went through several afterlives. At various times, it was a school, a library gift shop, township hall, board of education, offices, and a police station. Uh, We were able to acquire this building in 1987, and now it has over 400 years of history, and we're still expanding it. Then finally, finally, the Customs House also went through several changes. It was sold after about 1883, the shutdown of the railroad to Canada, and was moved to Macomb Street. It became a barber shop, a pool hall, a soda parlor, a private home, and finally a bank. The good news is that when the bank wanted to remove it and replace it with a new building in 1978, it was sold to the Historical Society for a dollar and moved back to near its previous location. Currently, we use it to store archives and give a representation of living in the past. So I guess that's how best to define the historic district. Sure. Sure. So if any of your listeners would like to 
to learn specific details, uh, also during COVID, we wrote a book, Getting Around Grozeal, and it's a map of Grozeal with all the historic district and other significant locations around the island. So you can do a self-driving tour to learn about the community and uh, see the locations on your own. Over 100. Over yeah. 100, thank you, over 100 locations. If I remember right, you're part of the the Paint the Town Red event where people can can follow that that scavenger hunt around the around the the island too, right? The historical society develops uh, about 35 questions that um, contain interesting facts about Rocio, its history, and the the Qantas Club uses that to attract interest to our business district and sites around Rocio. Um, it's part of the fundraising. Sure. And that's a, that's another way to, to see all those spots. Now, are there other historic, historically designated areas? Maybe the airport's one of those? Well, I guess really all of Grosil can be considered a historic. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, for Native American habitation, French explorers, including Cadillac, who almost chose Grosil as its location for establishing Detroit, British occupation, and then the Americans to present. We have eight Michigan historic site markers on the island, and these include where the 1776 treaty between Macomb Brothers and Native American tribes were signed, where Cameron Waterman, the inventor of the outboard motor engine, lived, and then the location of the American fort established after the War of 1812. I mean, Karin has already described the history of our airport uh, to an extent. I might add that it is open for viewing during normal township hours. Um, the museum is in the actual township hall. So uh, sure. that is open quite a bit. Um, and there's a display of artifacts there too. Yes. So individuals and families can become members of the society, right? That is correct. What are the benefits? Uh, what do you get with that? Well, well we're all so enthusiastic about <laughs> yeah. this podcast. Thank you, Ben. So uh, one of the benefits is getting early notice for event tickets. And sometimes our events sell out, for example, the lighthouse tour and, and the ghost hunt. But there's so much more. Uh, in addition, you, you, you receive discounted tickets, being, being a member. You receive quarterly newsletters. You get to meet others with a shared interest in history. You become part of the community. You can utilize your talents to improve the museum and, and participate in outreach events. Like uh, we, we were in this uh, Grosdale Educational uh, Education Foundation summer program last week, which yeah. is really great to share with the kids the history of Grosdale. You can participate in some of our events, maybe help us create some new events. Of course, we could always use an extra set of hands. So if you're handy, you like to work outdoors, do some yard work, some painting, or maybe you prefer to work indoors and you want to work on the museum committee or uh, help us work with our artifacts. We would just love to have more people involved to, so they learn more about the history of Roseville because it sure. is just so, so fascinating. Uh, we had the Reimagine Museum project and a couple of years ago, I happened to be at a museum that had been a train station and, and brought back the ideas uh, in the name of the consultant who worked with them. So we are in the process, as Tony mentioned earlier, of creating the exhibits in a way that people walk away with the stories. They're not just looking at the artifacts and saying, oh, yeah, that's that's a suitcase. But to learn that Grosdale had been a vacation destination. So we've been revamping slowly. It's going to take us a few years, but sure. uh, revamping our, our exhibit so that people walk away with a really great understanding as to the historical significance of, of Grosdale. 
And that's a difficult thing to do. I've, I've, you know, with my, my day job, I, I get to experience a lot of that and, and hear curators, you know, some of the, probably some of the famous, most famous curators in the country talk about how they revisit those, those particularly at, at the Henry Ford, the, the exhibits, the buildings, and it's not a small project. You know, when, when, when that museum does it, it's, it's tens of thousands of dollars that they can write a check for, but for our, our small township, that's not, that's not something we can just do every day. Well, we're, we're self-funded. So the right. township does not, does not support. Well, I just mean our population. Okay, you know, right. Yes. You know, our 11,000 people can't support a major, major thing like that. Yes, that's true. And, and that's where some of us who have gotten involved in the museum reimagine project, and we were finding skills we didn't realize we had. You know, <laughs> sure. And it's really, it's very rewarding. All of a sudden you find, oh, hey, I didn't know you knew how to do that. And, and getting some of these pictures printed and put on, on canvas and, and writing up the stories or, or newsletters or a, a letter from a girl in some of the slang she would have used at that time. And just incorporating all those those facts into it. So that's interesting for people of all ages, children sure. and, and adults and with different experiences and interests in history. So that's what we're trying to do is make it so that more people will be interested in visiting and, and really take away the stories because we have so many amazing stories that occur here on Roseale. Well, that's for sure. Well, we talked about getting discounts on tickets and early notice about those events. And two of those big events are coming up uh, just in the next few weeks. Uh, the first is the annual Lighthouse Tour on September 11th. And that seems to, to sell out pretty quick. And the, the other one is, is the October 1st ghost hunt. So let's, let's talk about the Lighthouse Tour first. Um, sure. What happens on the tour? The tour is on Sunday, September 11th, as we mentioned, and it was, it's very popular. Karen had mentioned that a national group a few years ago came to the light, our Lighthouse Tour. And those people came from faraway places like Oregon, Southern California, Maine, Florida, so they were from all over the United States. And on uh, September 11th, we're going to have three time slots, one from noon to 1.30, another one from 1.30 to 3, and then a third from 3 o'clock to 4.30. The tickets are $15 for members, $20 for non-members. Uh, we restrict the age to 10 years of age or older only because part of the, the tour is climbing the 40 steps to get to the top of the, uh, uh, of the lighthouse. And it might be difficult for uh, a child under the age of 10 to be able to negotiate that. The tour begins over at the Customs House over on Parkway and East River. And the reason we have a, a tour start there is because you can't drive or you could, you could drive to the lighthouse, but there's no place to park. And the lighthouse is on pri private property. So what we do is we arrange for a school bus to transport our participants from the custom house over to the lighthouse. The drive there itself is, is interesting because they're going through the historic area and they're hearing stories about the Livingston Channel and um, of the 64 room hotel that used to exist about where the lighthouse is today. And uh, that's, that's a great story in itself. What we do is of the, 24 to 25 people who are on uh, each of the tours, we take groups of eight up to the top of the, of the lighthouse if they, if they choose to do that, where there's a, do, a docent waiting to tell them about the, uh, the history of the lighthouse and the purpose of the lighthouse. 
And the people who are waiting could take in the beautiful view around the lighthouse. And like I said, hear about these stories of some of the things that happened around that area. For example, the Livingston Channel and, and, the, uh, and the large Alexander House Hotel. The second event that we have coming up is the ghost hunt that takes place on Saturday, October 1st. And as described by uh, Scotsman, this is for those who have an interest in ghoulies and ghosties and long-legged beasties and things that go bump in the night. <clears throat> and the ghost hunt is run by <clears throat> the Paranormal Seeker Society of Michigan. They bring in a large collection of equipment to ferret out the spirits that may inhabit the customs house and the, and the depot. And both buildings have had many uses, as uh, Gary mentioned, uh, through their over 100 years of existence. Tickets are $20 for members and $25 for non-members. And there's two time slots, one at 5.30 and one at 8 o'clock. And there's only 20 participants for each time slot. We have 10 people over in the customs house, 10 people over in the depot, and halfway through the ferreting out of the spirits, the two groups switch. So we never have a large group in either, either one of the two locations. Uh, participants must be 18 years of age and show a valid picture ID with, with, uh, with a birth, birth date. Okay. And we'll have links to tickets for both of those events on, in the episode notes here. What other events happen throughout the year? Uh, the, I know the Historical Society puts on lots of events uh, throughout, and uh, some of those are predictable. Some of them are take, take a little bit of time to develop. So, Well, we tried this year we probably put something on just about once a month. We had a uh, prohibition speaker come in. We had a speaker uh, talking about Laurel Ing Laura Ingle Wilder um, and the and the Prairie experience. Uh, we had recently we had a uh, speaker come in and talk about beer. She talked about beer producers across the the country, the state, and she specifically talked about Mr. Voigt, who was a um, a brewer and um, how he built the bridge to transport his Percheron horses across to Detroit to pull his beer wagons. Hmm. So those are just a kind of a, a sampling of the kind of events we have. I think we mentioned earlier that we have the holiday boutique um, around the holidays. It runs between roughly Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, where we have uh, several dozen artisans, crafters who come in and display their wares for, for sale. We had, we had two other events, too, I want to mention. Uh, for the first time, we had a Railroad History Day in <clears> May. And uh, around the middle of May commemorates the pounding of the Golden Spike, the completion of the Transcontinental mm -hmm. Railroad. Sure. And so we wanted to recognize that special event by sharing the history of Brazil's depot with, with our visitors. So we were dressed up. Gary was a conductor and several of us were dressed up and as to how people would be dressed at that time for train travel. And uh, had, had adults and kids there really, really was fun. We had activities for the kids. Uh, we also had a Victorian tea at one of the beautiful historic homes here on East River and uh, had a, a individual come in, a tea company, and uh, served a luncheon and tea, of course. And then we were able to tour this beautiful home that's from the late 1800s. So really made it special to actually be in someone's home and uh, to see the 
beautiful artifacts and, and the, hear the history of the location. We look for topics that might be interesting specifically to people who live on the island, but also who um, would be interested in the history of the downriver area. Sure. Sometime like the Laura Engel Wilder is, is probably beyond the island, but we try to, to bring in speakers that would, would address topics uh, related to our history. Sure. Like, like the Civil War and effect on Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a relationship between the Grossiel Historical Society and the rest of the Downriver Historical Societies? Yes, we belong to the Downriver Historical uh, Organization. Put out information. Uh, we we try to get it out to all of the different uh, historical groups in the uh, in the Downriver area. How many of those are there? So does every town and township have one? Just about, but we're but we're unique in a way. Uh, I think uh, Karen tried to bring some of that out earlier is that we're one of the few that is not supported uh, through the, through our municipality. Okay. We do all of our fundraising as, and uh, activities as volunteers. And so um, we're really reliant, pretty heavily reliant on people making donations and being members of our organization. Well, then speaking of that, obviously one of the things that the historical society needs all the time are volunteers. So how, how does somebody find out about what kind of volunteering they can do and what kind of volunteering are you looking for right now? Well, we, we uh, definitely need volunteers so that we can keep our museum open on Sundays from one to four o'clock. So uh, if, they, if they're interested in being a docent, they can, they can contact us at area code 734-675-1250. And in that way, we can we can try to uh, connect them with something they would like to do. They might like to be a docent at the museum. We've also got some things going on at the um, uh, that they could do sometime during the week if they had time. Like for example, we're, uh, we we have we purchased a scanner and we're scanning all the eel cameras uh, that started that were started oh. uh, were published beginning in 1945 until the paper finally closed down. And our hope is to be able to get all of those scanned. And then if somebody had an interest in a particular family member or an event that happened at Grozeal and that was covered in the Yale camera, they'd be able to go to this, um, this database we have and easily come up with the information. And this also can help us with uh, cate- uh, categorizing items that have been donated to us they have a green thumb. They can help us with keeping the ground beautiful. Grounds beautiful. There's just a lot of things that we can use help. Sure. If they have a brown thumb, I can use them for paint, <laughs> <laughs> electrical work. You know, yeah. Yeah. Options. Well, and the Qantas just recently helped with painting a fence, right? Yes. yes, they did. We called it the Tom Sawyer days. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we had a nice turnout. From yeah. The Keith. Uh, Keith's been on the show a couple times, I think, now, and uh, he's. He he sure does uh, get the volunteers out when he when he when he ca- when he calls out. He he seems to have a bat signal that people people come out for. So that's great, <laughs> particularly for for volunteering. I think you said there's an event coming up in 2026 that we need we need help uh, getting people interested in helping for that. Yes, it's it's uh, it's going to be a big celebration, or it should be because it's 250 years of our of our history. And we're hoping, like I, like we mentioned, to get as many organizations involved in that as possible. And we think as we 
kind of move up to that, that date of 2026, that things will really ramp up. I can remember when I first uh, moved to Grozeal in 1976, I was doing some work on the inside of the house. I happened to have the front door open and um, it was on July 4th around noon and all the bells from all the churches were peeling across the island. And I remember what a significant um, event that, that, that seemed to me. And we would like to do something similar for our 200, uh, 2026 celebration. And so anybody who's interested in that, if you've got an organization that wants to be part of that, make sure to contact the Historical Society. We'll have links in the episode notes there. And speaking of that, what are the best ways for people to keep in touch with the, the Historical Society? I know there's a big Facebook presence now, um, uh, especially through Grosseal Now. Um, there's been a lot of things posted there. And, and as you mentioned, um, was, that, uh, uh, was that Opportunity Grosseal, I think? Yes. Sharing sure. things? Mm-hmm. Um, any other ways? Is there an email list? Well, there's a, they can reach us through our society website, which is www.gihistsoc.org. Uh, they can go to Eventbrite, and that has a list of our activities. Uh, they can go to the Township's Community Events Calendar. We have information on upcoming events there. Or they can just contact us at area code 734-675-1250. Excellent. Excellent. And if they become a member, they'll receive our quarterly newsletter, which also lists all of our events. And how much is membership? Uh, membership is um, 25 for a single, 50 for a family. Okay. But you can get a discount if you join for a year and a half. So, oh, okay. Um, Excellent. So if they if they want to contact us, we can we can certainly uh, get them involved with the with the society. All right, um, great. So I think that I think that covers anything. Anything else you want to add in in about the the society? Well, I just had a, a couple closing comments. If that's sure. all right, go and for it. Get some other questions for us, Ben. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish with our wishes. So. Oh! So right. get in, get in what you want before before we get to wishes. Well, I just wanted to add one more thing to what Tony was mentioning. All the great opportunities. Um, if someone is familiar with fundraising or maybe writing grants, um, that's where, as Tony mentioned, you know we are we're all volunteers at the Historical Society, and uh, you know we're doing doing a pretty good job with our fundraising. But we would appreciate anyone that has ideas on on how to raise funds. Uh, or, or promote the museum, uh, or if, if that's not something that they have expertise in, maybe they want to come in and do some research on some of the artifacts, because that's, as you start digging into these stories, uh, it really is fascinating, and, and the, the more you read, the more you learn, and, and it really does draw you in to, to our amazing history. That's for sure. Speaking of artifacts, if somebody has something from, say, they're, they're digging through a maybe their grandparents' house or a house they've bought that had a lot of stuff in the basement. And they think there might be things that are significant to gross seal. Like, like you said, some of the stuff was stored in basements. Um, what, how could they, how could they possibly uh, refer that to you in case it might be useful? We, we have a museum committee that meets every Thursday morning uh, from 10 to 12. And the committee would look at the item to determine whether or not there is some significant history about Grosiel. If it's someone that just happened to live on Grosiel and it's something from California, another country, it might not necessarily be right. significant. 
pin. So they, they have to go through, there's a, there's a process okay. uh, to determine whether or not something that could be added into our, our artifacts. But yes, we, we would love to, if someone has something they think would be interesting or uh, could add to our exhibits, we would love to hear what, what those items are. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, you know, from, uh, from the very beginning of the podcast back a couple years ago, I've been asking guests to make a wish for Grosseal. Would you, or, or what would you wish uh, for the community or for the island as a whole? <laughs> I'll start. That's okay. Sure. Uh, so my wish is that residents retain the feeling of living in a small town by learning about our community. Uh, you've heard a lot today about the Rose Hill Historical Society and, and some of the amazing history. <laughs> what we have here is special. It's a peaceful island community filled with beauty and an amazing history. Uh, we've realized that some people don't even know we have a museum. So to <laughs> us, that makes us realize this is a great opportunity for outreach. Uh, helping people learn about the history of Grosseal is one of the reasons that we're recreating the museum, calling it the Reimagine Museum uh, Experience. You know, hopefully we'll have some technology in there, so there'll be interactive kiosks so people can learn at their own pace. Uh, if there's something you really want to dig into some more, you can continue to Keep pressing buttons until you go further. If it's a topic you're not particularly interested in, you can walk on and move to the next. Uh, as, as we mentioned a couple of times, but it doesn't hurt to say it again, uh, we're open on Sundays from 1 to 4 p.m. We're on the corner of East River Road in Grosso Parkway. And if you come to visit us, uh, you'll learn a lot. For example, Cameron Waterman, who invented the gasoline-powered outboard motor. Uh, we have an outboard motor there, so you can see it's not the original one, but it is one you can see and, and read about Cameron Waterman. You'll see photographs and artifacts—excuse me, photographs and artifacts—from uh, Westcroft Gardens, which is the oldest family-owned farm in, in Michigan. Uh, you'll learn about the railroad depot, of course. Uh, you'll see exhibits explaining how Grosseto was a vacation destination back in the 1800s and how people would be transported via steamer and horse and buggy. Uh, you'll see photographs about when the Livingston Channel was dug starting in 1908. At that time, it was considered an engineering marvel as dams were built to redirect the Detroit River. And it's just amazing when, when you look at what was uh, accomplished. So if, if you have an interest in history, or maybe you want to learn more about our community, please visit the websites that have been mentioned earlier, www.gihistc, excuse me, g, www.gihistsoc.org, uh, or you can, you can call us 734-675-1250. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier, we're, we're starting to make our plans to celebrate our 250th birthday on July 6, 2026. So I hope you're able to support us. Any other wishes? Well, my wish would be that um, the people who have lived on Grozio a long time uh, have some very interesting stories to tell, would share those stories with us. And I guess my other wish would be the new families that have just recently come to the island we would hope they would become involved with our organization so that there's a future to our history. Sure. And I guess my wish would be for volunteers to join us because in scanning, because we literally have yards of pictures, documents, newspaper articles, that if we could get into this computer database, 
we could now share it with everybody rather than a few people just kind of screwing around looking for things hidden in the corners. Yeah. You know, I bet that's, I bet that's a lot of fun. I bet as you're, as you're scanning through things, you can't help but read the things and you'll stumble across stuff that, that just is going to lead to to other things. Oh, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's uh, falling down a rabbit hole might not be the best thing, but I bet it's a lot of fun anyway. It, very much so. Yeah. And it's amazing how just going through some of the artifacts that we have, we come across just some fascinating things. Uh, just recently, Gary was able to find this document that was signed by James Madison and James Monroe. Oh my goodness. To the, um, related to the, uh, the deeding of the property to the McComb brothers sons. Oh, wow. We also came across uh, a fork from the old fort that existed from 1812 to, no, 1815 to 1819. And here, I didn't even know that there was a fort on the island. So that's, yes, that's all. That's a new rabbit hole for me. I I heard about a rabbit hole that you found a, a signature of, uh, of Orville Wright. I think that's, we got connected together in the first place there, Tony, the, uh, yeah. So, so all sorts of interesting things to discover there at the, the, uh, Gross Hill Historical Society and, uh, always an adventure and, and, uh, definitely fun to, to get down there. Um, there are, all, there's also, uh, a lot of things, uh, informational books. So, so, uh, I have bought some, some books at the, at the society that give me more information about the Island. In addition to the newer things, there's a, um, some more, uh, some older books that have been published that the historical society has on hand. So lots of resources down there. Well, thank you, Karin, Tony, and Gary. I really appreciate and admire the work the historical society has been doing to protect and share the history of Grosseal and, uh, and centuries of residence. I hope we can talk about more events and some other historical topics here in the future. Um, so I, I really appreciate getting a chance to talk to you today. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, Pat. Of all of Grosil's many organizations, the Historical Society is one that has something for everyone. Why don't you take a trip over on Sunday and see what it has? The episode notes have links to the Grosil Historical Society site and the Lighthouse Tour and the Ghost Hunt and a lot more. They also have ways to interact with and support the podcast. What's the Deal Grosil is a product of Fote Media Productions, LLC, And the music is Rhythm of the River by J.F. Gloss. Thank you for listening to What's the Deal, Grosseal?